Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. And for the first month of April, we're not April fooling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakeem and which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. And we're not fooling you either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow me at well, you follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Scrum McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can also follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the, our audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, WARR on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any uh, opinions or questions, comments, uh, inquiries uh, during our during our two our live extravaganza, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we know what today is. If you decide to do something stupid or decide to act a fool, Lakina, I'm giving her full capability to give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. No way for fools here. <laughs> I love when she says that. Lakina... When the season started, I said on this show that uh, the West Side's team that represents this city of Chicago in the National Basketball Association, I said this team could win between 46 and 48 games. Now, I told a couple of people outside of here that this team could perhaps win an even amount of games, which was 50. As the season uh, kicked off, the, this team got off to a, a surprising start. So expectations started to change for some. Now, as the season has gone along, especially after since the All-Star break, uh, Real Adversity hit, uh, hit the ball club, and some people decided to jump off the bandwagon and go crazy and go haywire for no reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
from an outsider's perspective, some people would say this is the type of team that the Bulls are. As the old saying goes, if you drive a car, objects are closer than they appear on your on your rear view mirror. When you look under the hood of the car, things were not as glamorous at times. And that's what happens in a normal season. But after looking at last night's game between the Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Clippers, this team was uh, as was I expected to be at this point in the season. Now, how they got there took us a little bit by surprise. But stepping back and seeing now that uh, everything is uh, coming into view, this team is exactly where it needs to be. Now, the Chicago Bulls last night, after trailing by double digits, they, they had a comeback for the ages for the season, defeating the Los Angeles Clippers in a return to Paul George, 135 to 130 in overtime at the UC. DeMar DeRozan had a game high, high of 50 points, including 7 of 26 from the field including 14 to 15 from the free throw line. Zach Levine had 21, including 10 to 13 from the free throw line. Nikolai Vujicic, who decided to turn his play around, we'll get into that in just a moment. He had 22 points, 14 rebounds, five of them on the offensive end. P. Will, Patrick Williams, 37 minutes from the uh, off the bench, had 10 points and 12 rebounds. Lakina, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this right now. For those of you that have been following the show all season long, this could not be more of a, of a shock. For those of you that's joined the bandwagon, first of all, welcome. And number two, this team is exactly where I thought it would be. I still believe that this is a playoff team. They will make the playoffs. They're going to avoid the play-in tournament, and they will win a first-round series. After what I saw last night, nothing's really changed for me. I'm still sticking on the bandwagon that I started this summer. Yeah, for me, it's the same thing. I, I feel like, look, I know some people, you know, they went into this huge start early in the season despite everything that went on with them with COVID and everything else mm -hmm. and, you know, various injuries to guys. But I, I always kept my, my, my expectations tempered. They really needed this win last night. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the Clippers went off to that big lead and, you know, some people were already saying, that, oh, well, you know, we're going to the play in or we're going to be a six seed or whatever. But you know what? You know, DeMar DeRozan, who, to his credit, you know, 50 P's, I think that's like what? I think that breaks a record for among like, cause I don't think even MJ did that, you know, that much. But, you know, going around there, I mean, they came all the way back, you know, 135, 130 for that, you know, victory in overtime. It was thrilling. And look, to their credit, though, the Bulls, they fought back. I mean, they gave, they kept that fight going. And look, the 50 P's, of course, by, you know, DeMar and then. You know, Vucevic had a double-double with 14 rebounds along with 22 points. Zach Levine's looked really good lately with 21 points and such. So I think they even got a little bit of contribution. P. P Will had a couple of big shots. They made some defensive stops. Kobe White, you know, did his thing. So, yeah, I think, look, the Bulls are they're right there. They're in the fifth spot right now as we're, as we're doing this live. And, look, at, at this point, if you're, you know, the Bulls, I think you got to be feeling pretty good where you're at right now. You get four of your last five at home so that should help a lot including tomorrow so that should help a, a lot and you should be able to you know to improve your senior you're still well within that that you know that race for to get back in that top four you know to probably get that home home court you know should you know the celtics end up mm -hmm. whatever whoever ends up having that face but at least you'll have home court so i think if you're the bull i think you're a pretty good spot right now and i i feel like you know what look this is definitely one of those you know wins for the bulls that they if you don't want to, you don't want to say this could be like a season-defining win for them, but this could definitely be up there. 
On the flip side for the Los Angeles Clippers, as I mentioned, Paul George in his return to the lineup in his second game back. He had 22 points off of 7 to 20 shooting. Uh, team high man for, for the Clippers, Reggie Jackson, had 34, including 6 and 9 shooting from downtown. Marcus Morris Sr. had 20 points and four rebounds. Nicholas Batum, 17 points in 38 minutes of action. Chicago's very own Robert Covington, who was traded from Portland to the Clippers at the trade deadline, had seven points off the bench. Lakina, the Clippers started off hot in the first half. Reggie Jackson did his thing um, going into the lane. Paul George, mm -hmm. you could tell that uh, he's still finding his way back. But uh, once the game got going, you know, it's, like, it's like he never left. On the flip side for the Bulls, and this is what I want to get to get to with you in our audience. Nikolai Vucevic, have you noticed over the past week or so that I, I, I'm sure you had to give uh, – Billy Donovan, the Bulls head coach, the, the credit on this. When Vucevic has the matchup in his favor in the post, the boss goes into him. He actually mans up, does his moves, and scores a basket. How many times have we been begging for this, Lakina? How many yeah. times? But for the past week, it's actually been happening. It's actually been uh, uh, worthwhile for the Bulls going upward offensively because over the past few weeks and at various points in the season, whenever the, the Bulls dumped the ball into the post for Nikolai Vucevic, whenever a double team came or he thought that when the double team was starting to come, he dished that ball out right away. In the last three games, Vucevic has been aggressive when the matchup was in his favor in the, in the post. And I hope the Bulls don't forget that. I hope Nikolai doesn't forget that either. Oh, yeah, I hope not. I think this is sort of what this is what everybody we've all like we were saying, I mean, this is sort of like having be tough on the interior and just, you know, kind of like, you know, be that big guy. And look, he did. He did just that. And I think that that really was sort of like that was one of the reasons why the Bulls stay in stayed in the game as long as they did, because they were able to come back and win it. And look, if you're the Clippers and like, you're kicking yourself because you had you had your chance, you had the Bulls on the ropes. If you will, you had you know, Reggie Jackson had a season high of 34. He's doing what he can to keep this team afloat. You know, Marcus Morris Sr. had 20. You know, Paul George is starting to get closer and closer to be kind of like the Paul George that we, you know, we all know and love. He had another 22 after, you know, we'll talk about the, the game you know, against Utah. But, you know, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, they're trying to improve their seed to the Clippers are. And this is not something that they wanted. I, I don't think they wanted this type of, you know, you know, like a type of game. If you're the Clippers, if you're a Clippers fan, you're probably like kicking yourselves because you feel like, what, you had a shot to win this game and you didn't. And mm -hmm. look, and give the credit to the Bulls. They stayed, you know, they stayed the course. They didn't, you know, they didn't waver. They didn't, you know, they could have given up, you know, could have called it a night and said, you know what, hey, you know, let's prepare for the next game tomorrow against Miami. But they didn't. They stayed there. You know, they got what they needed. And look, I said good for them. And hopefully they can keep it up in these last five games. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, not April Fool's edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the 11 color. Sid Lakina here with you, talking Bulls in the NBA. If you have a question or comment about the Chicago Bulls, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, we mentioned DeMar DeRozan at the top of the show scoring a game high 50 points. I know this is also from DeRozan last night. First of all, uh, when he got fouled, it was actually Zach Levine got fouled, but yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't the one that went to the free throw line. It was DeMar DeRozan at the end of regulation. Uh, DeMar DeRozan hit the first two free throws, and he missed the third one when the chance to win the game in regulation. Of course, the Bulls went on to win in overtime. But I like the frustration that DeMar DeRozan showed for that moment. Uh, this guy expects 
and demands everything great from him. And we saw the film early in the season, uh, him working on his free throws or following the uh, following mm -hmm. the, a, a game. And I'm sure he I'm sure he did that last night, or he's doing it right now uh, in the workouts in preparation for tomorrow night's game against the Miami Heat. But Demar Derozan, we talked about this before throughout the season. That teams are going to come after him and throw various uh, matchups and, uh, and various defenses at him, whether it was a box and one or the traditional two three zone, because we all know that he loves to hit that free throw line jumper or that elbow jumper, especially from the left side. I noticed last night when Paul George was guarding him, it was a little bit tougher, but when yeah. Reggie Jackson was guarding him, especially in overtime, DeMar DeRosa took advantage of it. He did, and you know, to his credit, that he was able to do just that. And look, I think you saw the matchup, you know the matchup, you know, mismatch and look to his credit, he was able to take advantage of it, especially later on as it, you know, as a bull started, you know, with their comeback. So I, I think, look, like I said before, give them credit. I mean, give the bulls credit for not giving up. You'll give, you know, DeRozan, you know, he kind of put the team on his back, you know, Vucevic, you know, did what he needed to do and such, you know, Caruso, he has some big, you know, great Chris passing and, and such, you know, and look, we're getting bench guys. I think that's sort of the key for the bulls at this mm -hmm. point. P. Will, he's starting to kind of get better. He played 37 minutes last night. Kobe White, you know, scored, you know, 11, but only had, you know, only played 23 minutes. Then mm -hmm. you also, you know, and then the good news is that Lonzo might be back before the end of the regular season. So that's probably a good thing for the Bulls, especially if you're trying to go far in the playoffs. I mean, DeRozan, you know, the 14th different player this season have 50 point, have a 50 point game. That's the most in NBA history. So go, go figure. Mm -hmm. And look, I think you, I think like in a calendar month, this is like the most, you know, seven different players did it. So, cause we talked about it, you know, throughout last month in March. So it, it's sort of one of those things where if you're, you know, every, it's one of the was a week makes or one game makes, right? Sid, everybody was kind of yeah. like, well, woe is me. Oh, the Bulls are going to the play in game, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now mm -hmm. that this, now that they had this win last night, people say, well, you know what? You know, we might get it. We, they might host a first rounder, I guess. So, you know, they might get a four, get that four seed and such because there's not, they're not that far back. There's only like what, four or five games, you know, between like the first and the sixth seed. So there's yeah. still a lot to be, you know, games to be played and a lot, you know, a lot of positioning too. And like I said, you know, the Bulls have four of their last five at home. And, you know, it's those, those four top four seeds, you know, maybe because Miami, they've had their struggles with, you know, they, they did win last night, but then we'll talk to them in a second. Milwaukee got a big win against Brooklyn. You know, again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, look, I, I think there's still a lot. There's still a lot of position that can be played with here. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. Hopefully this will be the benchmark for the Bulls to finish out the regular season store. I believe they have six games remaining. They're 45 and 32. 32. I don't have the record in front of me right now. 45 and 32, yes. So they have five games remaining. Could they still win 50 games? It's possible. I, I think it's unlikely. But my my expectation was going into the, uh, going into the season, this team will win between 46 and 48 games. It looks like they'll hit that 48 win mark, which is not bad. And <laughs> consider what they've been through with COVID, with the injuries um, uh, in the middle of the season and dealing with them now. So, uh, th th this team has gone through a lot, but hopefully with the attitude of this team and with the win license last night, uh, that uh, the, the attitude will start to change because you, you're playing playoff teams to end the regular season. You mentioned Miami tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. You host Milwaukee next Tuesday. You host Boston next Wednesday. I believe that's the ESPN game. And then, of course, Charlotte is here next Friday. They're fighting to, uh, for their playoff lights to participate in the playing tournament in, in a couple of weeks. Of course, you end the season on April 10th at Minnesota. Minnesota looks like they're going to uh, be in the playing tournament for sure. So their game may not mean as much to them. 
Right. And so the Bulls have a tough stretch ahead of them. And so let's see if they finish the season strong. Lakina, I know we have a few minutes left before the bottom of the hour. You brought up another good point, and I saw a stat last night regarding the Bulls bench. They had a combined total of 22 points the previous two previous two games. Uh, it, it turned around for them last night with Patrick Williams scoring 10, Kobe White with 11, uh, with 11 points. Of course, Tristan Thompson had four points. Uh, and J- um, Javante Green had two, uh, which was a total of 27 points from your bench. Uh, if, if the Bulls are going to go where they think they can go as far as uh, achieving uh, playoff success, they need contributions from their bench. And you saw that it, uh, in big moments last night. And it did. And it, like I said, it was really you know, great to see. You saw, like I said, you saw P. Will. P. Will had a key block. I don't know who was it. I forgot who was it, but I think it might have been Morris that he blocked. And, you know, he also had like, you know, some steals and such. You know, Caruso did what he's supposed to do. I think I know some people were worried about his back, but he said, no, no, he mm-hmm. said his back is fine. And look, I think this is what you want if you're the if you're a Bulls fan, especially you're getting close and close. You only got about like a little over a week left in the season. This is what you want. You want, you know, contributions from guys. You hope that maybe, you know, with, you know, Lonzo can come back. You know, it looks like he might, he's finally being cleared to do, you know, basketball activity. So you might, hopefully you may see in those last couple of games of the season. So you try to produce, improve your seating. So, yeah, I think if you're the Bulls, I think look, this this Clippers win last night, this Clippers comeback win is definitely something that the Bulls needed desperately. And also, too, uh, take a look at this, Lakina, especially around this time of year, since you have uh, just a little bit over uh, exactly two weeks uh, in the regular season left, uh, left before the playoffs. Teams uh, start to separate themselves, not just in the standings, but players are uh, who are coming off the bench or mm-hmm. looking for minutes. This is the time that head coaches set their rotations. And right now, if you're Billy Donovan, this is what you're doing. Who's going to step in? Who's going to step up? Patrick Williams, uh, He's uh, this is the most minutes he's played ever since he returned uh, from his injury a week or so ago. Alex Caruso, how, how much time he is he going to, uh, to get uh, coming off the bench? Also, too, Javante Green, uh, he played 12 minutes last night. Will he play more? Trisha Thompson, will he play uh, uh, more than 15 minutes again? Will he play 17 to 18 minutes off, uh, off the bench come playoff time? Derrick Jones Jr., um, Troy Brown Jr., will we see those guys before the end of the regular season? Will they be a factor come playoff time? So rotations are set, are starting to set right now as you head into the playoffs. Usually you play about three guys, maybe four, mm-hmm. but yeah. usually uh, three solid guys uh, uh, get the most playing time coming off the bench come playoff time because your stars are expected to play heavy minutes. Yeah, and I think that's what you want. You want, you want to have a lot of depth. You want to have three or four guys coming off the bench, so – I, I think, you know, more guys coming back, the better, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. maybe, you know, Lonzo, you know, like I said, Lonzo's been cleared to, you know, finally cleared to, you know, come back to, you know, basketball activities. And hopefully maybe once that happens, you can get, you know, you can do a nice rotation, you know, with P will and, you know, maybe Caruso or maybe, maybe IO can perhaps maybe get some bench Kobe white mm-hmm. as such. So yeah, so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how, you know, really down and once Lonzo does come back, how he plays around with this. Cause I feel like this is going to be one of those things where, you know what, I think you may have, especially depends on matches. If they end up playing, if they end up playing Boston, or if they end up playing, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Cleveland or somebody like that in the first round. I mean, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's all going to be good, but matches, matches going to be the key once we get into the playoffs. But we'll see. 
Now, the Bulls will host the Miami Heat tomorrow night at 7 o'clock uh, at the United Center. The Bulls are 45 and 32. As I mentioned, the Heat will, will check in with the 49 and 28 record. Well, I know that the Heat has had their injury issues uh, uh, throughout the season. Jimmy Butler, of course, he had that tirade with Udonis Haslam uh, a week or so ago. Everybody and their mama saw that. Mm-hmm. But the, the Miami Heat uh, was one of the few teams that have given the Bulls problems throughout the season. Lakina uh, in your uh, in about less than a minute. Or so, what do you expect uh, uh, in this matchup tomorrow night? Do you think that he will it will be the same story, or do you think the Bulls will give a Heat something thinking about going uh, going towards the playoffs with this? It's game all, it's all, for me, it's all going to depend on the start. I think you, know, he, mm-hmm. you know, Miami had a very emotionally charged win against Boston on Wednesday, and they've had a couple of days off since you know, to kind of you know settle down and you know and such. I know that. I know that Eric Spolster, I think he should be, he should be right there with, with coach of the year. I feel like because the fact that he's been able to do this kind of the same situation the Bulls have been in, you know, guys, you know, with COVID and injury issues. And like the fact that they're still the number one seed, believe it or not, even after all of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's nothing short of remarkable what he's been, you know, he's been doing a little deal. Jimmy Butler, they, you know, look, he actually made some big shots against, you know, Boston on Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we'll see if that, that keys up you. You have your know, Bam. Bam does his thing with a double double. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup between him and Bush. I'm sure Tristan Thomas will be <laughs> right there as well. Kyle Lowry has you know, been kind of like that veteran presence that that team needs. And you know, also, too, you got Max Struss, of course. You know, our girl Lana, I think, you know, she loves Tyler Hero, of course. So yeah. <laughs> that'll, be that'll be interesting to see, you know, that matchup against IO once he's, <laughs> once he's up there. But, you know, when he gets off the bench. But yeah, it should be a fun, this should be a fun game. It looks like everybody's going to be on at, at full strength for the most part. So, because all the matches we've seen this year, you know, somebody's hurt or someone has COVID. So, for the most part, you know, guys are going to be on, you know, at full strength. So, this should be a, a lot of fun. It should be a fun matchup. And, you know, this could be – I wish this game was on nationally, but, you know, it is what it is. But it should be a, it should be a fun game. And, look, and this going to be like both teams can play defense. You know, Miami's a better defensive team, Avi. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if, you know, once it comes out, once everything sort of, you know, separates. Because I, I feel like this could be one of those games where – could this be a preview of maybe a, 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 a potential second round matchup? But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll review the, the best and worst from this past week of the NBA. We have new members for the 2022 Basketball Hall of Fame class. And we'll give you our thoughts for this weekend's Final Four that's taking place down in New, or- New, New Orleans in the world of college basketball and plus a whole lot more. I'm Sydney Brown. That's Lakina McGee. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on SportsZone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the SportsZone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109, the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. 
you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. Happy April, everybody. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. You can follow Keena McGee on the Twitter and the IG at Keena, uh, at Keena McGee. And if you have a question or comment for us as we continue our basketball talk, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, there was other action from around the league. Mm-hmm. As we usually do, we're dyslexic like that. Let's go start off with last night's action. In the first game of the TNT doubleheader, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, get by the Brooklyn Nets 120 to 119 in overtime. Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, had the game-winning basket. He had 44 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. Kevin Durant had 26.7 rebounds and 11 assists. The Brooklyn Nets trying to make a late charge to get out of that play-in tournament, but they hit another uh, roadblock with uh, another bad loss at home last night. Yeah, and this was a, probably the game of the year. It looks like it was, and it was sort of back and forth throughout. And, you know, mm-hmm. KD was fouled on a three. I thought that maybe that, you know, would have, you know, put them over the top. But, again, you know, Giannis, you know, got fouled. I know Nets fans were wondering, should I even been called and fouled on them? But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Giannis had 44 to lead the way. And, look, I think both – we could end up seeing this matchup in the playoffs, maybe perhaps in the first round. I, I think if you're – if you're Brooklyn, you don't want if mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to be if you're a Brooklyn fan, you probably can take anybody at this point. But yeah, we're gonna see Ben Simmons and everything else. So it's crazy. But look, Kyrie, not that Kyrie is starting to find his rhythm again playing these home games. He had 25. You know, Nick, Nick Claxton had 11 off the bench. So it, it sort of feels like you're getting some contributions, but it seems like they could be getting more from guys. Now, as far as the Bucks, I know that uh, Chris Middleton got you know the boots early in the game because, yeah. uh, well, I think yeah, because like a, a push and such. When everyone was arguing that oh, they probably would not have done that had it not been a playoff game, but you know, there might have been a home you know thing, but you know who who knows? But it's sort of you know, look, Giannis. I think Giannis is now like right up there in the MVP discussion again. And and look, I look. I mean, the Bucks. If you're, I think, look, you're waiting for the playoffs right now. If you're a Bucks fan at this point in the season, I think if you're a Brooklyn. It looks like you're probably going to be stuck with the going to be right there near the play-in. You probably you had your chance to probably get out of that, but now it looks like you probably will end up being in that play-in tournament. So, a lot of implications from this game last night. 
Yeah, stay, sticking with the Eastern Conference playoff race, the Philadelphia 76ers went into Motown and got smoked by the Detroit Pistons, the lowly Detroit Pistons, by the score of 102 to 94. The Detroit Pistons outscored the Philadelphia 76ers 29 to 15 in the fourth quarter. Joel Embiid, who perhaps the front runner for MVP for Philadelphia, had 37 points, 15 rebounds. Your guy, Cade Cunningham, for the Pistons, had 27 points and six, six assists. Essentially, after the, the the best part was probably afterwards, where apparently I guess you know Doc Rivers threw James Harden under the under the bus, which I think at this point this you don't like, say. Oh. <laughs> and, and look, and I think Sixers fans are already kind of like you know calling him now him out for doing the same mm-hmm. thing what he did to Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. you know, last year in the playoffs. And well, where was uh, Harden? I mean, like this is sort of mm-hmm. a game. This is no excuse for this for this loss by the. Look, I look. I know that yes, we all talk about the Bulls' loss to the Kings being inexcusable. You know, Philly losing to Detroit. I know they were on the road, but you know that's still inexcusable. You had your chance to put the game away. And look, credit to you know the Pistons. You know, they're they're you know they're, they're, they're their future looks bright. But look, Harden only had AT. I think he was scoring like what two points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And so you know, but then you get no contributions. Matthias Diabo didn't have Matthias Diabo. I, I should say he only had four points. You know, where was the where were the where was the bench? Where was like the bench contributions? You know, you have you know guys that are more than capable of scoring. So it wasn't just Harden's fault that they lost that game, but it, there are a lot of factors here. So I, I think people need to kind of just get off. in this case. I think people you know speed class only you know Nick class you know, Milton Milton I should say Shake Milton only had like zero points off the bench. He played nineteen minutes. Where, where are people <laughs> you know three points I should say. So where, where where is like people getting on him? So. I think you know Harden is sort of like the easy guy that you know to get on, but I think mm-hmm. there are other there are other folks to blame for this loss, not you know not Harden. And sticking with the Eastern Conference playoff race, the Atlanta Hawks improved their record to forty and thirty-seven after blowing out the Cleveland Cavaliers one thirty-one to one hundred seven. Trey Young had thirty points and nine assists. Cleveland starting to slide a little bit there now, forty-two and thirty-five. They're right in the play-in tournament, but this team was around. Uh, despite where Philadelphia the Bulls the Bulls were uh, just a few weeks ago, they impressed throughout most of the season. But uh, this is a, a prime time of the season. Atlanta, a team that many people forgotten about because they got off to such a shaky start, looks like they're starting to come into form, at, especially after their surprise trip last year to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think you know, they're starting to kind of like find their rhythm. You know, finally Atlanta is and. Look, I feel like you know the Hawks. You know, also, you know, thanks to you know Trey Young's had a busy week. You know, you know earlier this week he he eliminated the Knicks off of uh, playoff contention a couple of days earlier. So <laughs> I think yeah, I know Knicks fans love that. But you know, after beating them, the after the, the Hawks beat them in the playoffs last year. But yeah, I mean, going back to this, I mean, I, I feel like you know I think Cleveland is starting to come back to earth a little bit as I figured that they would. They're they're right at the play in right now. They're only they're like two and a half back of Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think you know Jared Allen, you know, there's no really been no update on him. Is he gonna be able to come back, you know, for the playoffs? Cause they really need him. And I think not having not mm-hmm. having him, I think it's starting to kind of come back to bite them. So you know, but look I think Atlanta could they probably sneak in there and perhaps maybe make a good playoff chase. We'll see. But you know, I, I think Atlanta is trying to kind of you know, make a play. They're kind of right there. They'll they'll get into the playoff, you know, the, the play in. But I, I feel like they may they may they, these two may play again in the play in. Should you know that's things stand right now. So, yeah, this should be very interesting because but the Nets have a tie, that they have the tiebreaker. So, then like these these next two are gonna be very interesting in the East, especially. 
In the second half of the TNT doubleheader from last night, the also Utah Jazz being the Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, 122-109. to Rudy Gobert for Utah led the team with 25 points, 17 rebounds, and a steal. Dwight Howard, a.k.a. the former Superman, led the Lakers with 21 points, 12 rebounds. This is sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, this is this is a kind of game last night, I, I feel like. Oh, Lord, yeah, LeBron didn't play. I know uh, AD tried to play, but it, it, it just didn't work. And look, I think, but well, fortunately with the Spurs, you know, we'll get to them in a second because they had, they've had a missed opportunity um, a couple of days prior. But, you know, the, the Jazz are starting to kind of get together. I know they've had their mm-hmm. struggles, you know, the last you know, couple of weeks and such. But, you know, the, the Lakers, I mean, you know, no AD, no LeBron. Mm-hmm. I know that they did what they could, you know, now – now Westbrook's getting angry again. It's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> but it was peaceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, there were no swear words. No, nobody was, you know, said anything. You know, terrible about somebody else. So I guess, I guess that's a good thing. You know, kind of kept the peace there. But you know, like there was nothing we has been said about the Lakers already. I mean, they just don't have the talent mm-hmm. at this point. And you can we look, we can tell how they look without, without LeBron and AD. Well, you know, both of them should come back maybe this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. But. You know, uh, there's really nothing more you can say about the Lakers at this point. Okay, and before we get to our uh, key games for this weekend's schedule in the NBA, anything else that uh, caught your eye this week? I know you said you wanted to uh, mention that Spurs-Grizzlies game from uh, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelvin Johnson had the opportunity to be able to win that game for the Spurs, and he missed it. It was like a, a layup or something, and he missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, you know, the Spurs, if you if you, if you heard the Spurs home uh, call, apparently they said that maybe he was fouled. It didn't, it's, I, look, I saw that like three or four times. It didn't like he was fouled. I, mean, I think he just missed the layup. So, and then that 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 causes, you know, the Lakers to kind of get back up there too. So, this could kind of come down to a wire as to who gets into the plate, those last couple of spots in the play in the West. But, you know, that was definitely a missed opportunity there. And look, there's still like a lot, you know, to be played. It's kind of, it's going to be like a seesaw battle. I mean, they're both, you know, the Spurs had the tiebreaker right now, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they, they both got six games left. So, well, it's definitely going to come down to the last six. You know, it's, it's good. This, this is going to be what people are going to be keeping their eye on that is that playing the last couple of spots that playing for in the Western Conference. Yeah, for me, uh, going back to Wednesday's action, the Golden State Warriors, they need Steph Curry and they need him bad. Of course, uh, we told you guys mm-hmm. that when the Phoenix Suns uh, announced that Chris Paul was going to be out originally six to eight weeks with that thumb injury following the All-Star game. We told you guys that Phoenix may take a slight step back, but it wasn't going to be as disastrous as many people would, would have thought. Uh, Phoenix had kept that, kept that record atop the rest of the conference uh, up to par. Of course, we, uh, we've we seen the Memphis Grizzlies uh, go up in the, in the standings. John Moran is still out. But for the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns, they continue to roll. And they're using that motivation of blowing that old 2 leaf from last year's NBA Finals. Now Chris Paul is back. Devin Booker is still still should be considered for MVP, even though I said Joel Embiid is the front runner. But this Phoenix Suns team is dangerous. We told you guys even earlier in the year, uh, this team will give uh, some of those top-heavy teams fits come playoff time. I still feel that way now. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. Look, I think Phoenix is sort of one of those teams. I think they're proving why that that was not a that was a last year wasn't a fluke. I know that people were kind of wondering, like, oh, did they only get in because you know everybody else had injury issues and such? But I look, I think they're showing you that they've actually gotten better. So 
you know, it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, you know what, they're kind of showing you why they might be even, they might be even better than they were last year. So I think having, I know CP3 back, although they were playing pretty well without them. So I think that definitely helps in, in that, on that, in that front. And I know that uh, it was, it was hilarious that you saw with, you know, Draymond Bree and Jay Crowder when they got into it a little bit. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it's sort of like, you know, kind of like a back and forth. It, that This goes back years. So it wasn't it was pretty, it, this isn't a new thing, but you know, the fact that they were kind of, you know, jawing at each other in the free throw line, it was just, you know, it was just so silly. But, you know, but, you know, on serious though, for the Warriors, I mean, they desperately need Steph back. And, you know, he definitely sort of starts, he definitely is a facilitator for that offense. Look, look, Clay, Clay's had his struggles. He's starting to get his, you know, mojo back. And, you know, Draymond's still trying to get his rhythm going, too. And then Jordan Poole's doing what he can to keep everything afloat. He had 38 leading the way for them in that game against the Suns. But, it wasn't enough, enough. So yeah, the Warriors really need stuff back. And hopefully, he can come back by the first round. And the highlight game for me from this past week took place in at the um, the new name, new newly named arena in Los Angeles. Uh, we'll still call it Staple, formerly known as Staple Center. Uh, as you, I think you brought it up earlier in the show, Lakina. The Los Angeles Clippers defeated the Utah Jazz one twenty one to one fifteen. Had to come in back from a twenty five point deficit. Nels. Paul George's return to the lineup after missing a few months with various injuries. Lakina, as we said before, give Ty to Ron Luke credit. He's not going to win coach of the year, but this is, in my opinion, his best coaching job the last two years. Of course, the Clippers finally made it to the Western Conference Finals last year before being eliminated by the Phoenix Suns this year. They're, they're, despite last night's loss, they're still a couple of games below 500, but they're in a better position to make the playoffs than their neighboring team, the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you're if you had to choose between which LA team, probably you wish you wish you would be right now is the Clippers and the than the Lakers. Yeah. But uh, you know, they could they could be facing each other in that play in. But again, that's you know, that's another thing we'll figure out out in a couple of weeks. But you know, down twenty five, you're Utah, you're sort of like you're 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 kinda like you're wondering how did you blow a twenty eight point lead? They were I think the Clippers outscored Utah like fifty something like twenty like 23 or something like that and you know mm-hmm. going into the last few minutes of the third and going into the the fourth so it it it, it kind of it was sort of building and look give the clippers credit against just like you know it actually ended up happening to them a couple of you know nights later against the yeah. bulls but you know they look they came back from a big deficit and you know look paul george was like he's starting to show it a little bit again you know you know 34 coming you know you know just coming off injury he hasn't played in like what three or four months so Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely yeah. I mean, look, I think could they perhaps maybe if they get it, should they get into like the main playoff? You know, assuming that whoever they play in the play is, should they get in? Could they perhaps be a spoiler for somebody? You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, the first show for the month of April. I'm Sid the Kid, along with Miss Lakina McGee. We're live in the Lemon Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina, before we move on, let's give uh, let's give you guys a, a preview of, uh, of the rundown for the. The key games in the National Basketball Association as we wind down the last two weeks of the regular season. Let's start off with tonight's action, uh, Friday, April 1st. And these games have playoff implications uh, on the line. Uh, the Toronto Raptors will travel to Orlando to play the Magic. That's at 6 p.m. Chicago time. Dallas will travel to Washington to play the Wizards, also at 6 o'clock. At 6.30, uh, the Boston Celtics will host the struggling Indiana Pacers. At 7 o'clock, uh, the NBA TV doubleheader will kick off with the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant hosting the Phoenix Suns. That's at 7 o'clock. Also at 7, uh, I, on I-90, 
I believe it is, you know, 294 from where I am. The Milwaukee Bucks from Chicago. The Milwaukee Bucks will host the Los Angeles Clippers. Remember, for the Clippers, this is a back-to-back game for both teams, mm-hmm. uh, not just the Clippers, but for Milwaukee as well. That game will take place at the Fight Surf Center at 7 o'clock. At 7.30, we'll have the Trailblazers traveling to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. The Spurs have a slight lead over the Lakers for the 10th spot in that Western Conference playing tournament. At 8 o'clock, Minnesota will travel to Denver to take on the Nuggets. Big game for both teams as Minnesota has been struggling over the last few games. Denver looks like they're starting to pick it up. And wrapping up the Friday night schedule, the second game of the NBA TV doubleheader at 9.30 p.m. will take place in Los Angeles between the Lakers and the New Orleans Pelicans. Lakina. New Orleans beat the Lakers on their home floor last week. It's payback time if you're the Lakers. Both LeBron James and Anthony Davis are doubtful with their injuries. Yeah, that's going to be sort of the thing. And I wonder, though, if, you know, will they remember that, you know, the Pelicans and, and then such. So I wonder, well, will the Lakers use that as motivation? And, you know, they can kind of, you know, make us you know, a quick play for that, you know, because they, there's a lot at stake here. They can play for that play-in tournament. So going back to that Denver, uh, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Nikola Jokic, who is the reigning MVP. And, you know, some people say that he's now the favorite. I mean, he had a great March. He you know, was third in NBA in points, second in rebounds, fifth in assists, tied for seventh in steals, and tied for sixth in blocks. So do you think, you're real quick, though, before we go back to the schedule, do you think that he could be, could sneak up there for us maybe for MVP honors? He make his sneak in a couple, steal a couple of votes, but Denver is going to have to have a strong finish to the season. They haven't looked good. I know they picked it up here recently within the last couple of games, but it's going to be tough. I think that MVP is in B's to lose, but I think, in my opinion, Devin Booker has a better chance to win it than Jokic right now. Yeah, so it should be very interesting to see where this goes. Now, tomorrow, you got Charlotte and Philly. Philly hoping to bounce back from that loss to Detroit. On Thursday, Cleveland, you know, they're hoping to bounce back to New York. I know New York would love to, would love to play spoilers since they're already mm-hmm. there for playoff contention. The NBA TV game, this should be a good one. Brooklyn and Atlanta, you know, this might be a preview, perhaps. Maybe we'll see uh, the play-in, but you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, we talked about Miami and Chicago on, at 7 o'clock. That should be a fun one. And Utah and Golden State, that should be a fun one, too, at 7.30. So some early games here. So if you're not into the Final Four, you got some good NBA games here to kind of, you know, check out. Mm-hmm. And let's go to Sunday's schedule. Uh, these with are, are with playoff implications. At high noon on Sunday, we'll have the Boston Celtics hosting the Washington Wizards. Uh, the ABC game, the first of their doubleheader on Sunday, We'll feature the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic versus Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Greek for you kids mm-hmm. out there scoring at home. And on the second half of the ABC Sunday afternoon doubleheader, it's the Los Angeles Lakers uh, hosting the Denver Nuggets at 2.30. Let's see if LeBron James and Anthony Davis play in that game. Detroit and Indiana at 4 o'clock. Yeah, Philly and Cleveland. That should be a fun one at 5. The Knicks and the Magic at 5 o'clock. Who cares? Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of those who cares games. But this should be a good one to care, that you that we would care about. The first game of the NBA TV doubleheader, of course. Remember, ESPN is going to be showing the Women's National Championship game during mm-hmm. that time. That's why this the doubleheader is on NBA TV. Miami and Toronto, that should be a fun one at 6. You know, they've had some good games this year. Uh, Minnesota-Houston, okay, we'll skip that. Uh, Phoenix and OKC, 
uh, you know, Phoenix, if you're in Phoenix, you just want to, you know, just make sure you don't have any, you know, slip ups going into the playoffs. You're already, you've already clinched everything. So you might, you don't want to relax, but I'm sure they just want to ease yourselves into that. Portland and San Antonio, San Antonio trying to stay, you know, hang out to that last uh, playing spot. Golden State and Sacramento, where things happen in this you know, game. I mean, We'll yeah. see when Sacramento team, Sacramento team shows up because you know, you know they, might even, <laughs> they, they might get there, might get pulled out by thirty, or they might win by ten. So who knows? And uh, the second game with the NBA TV doubleheader, New Orleans and the Clippers, that should be an interesting one too. All right, that's your schedule for this weekend coming up right here in the National Basketball Association. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, the April 1st, not April Fool's Day edition of mm-hmm. Second City Sports, live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, uh, the new 2022 Basketball Hall of Fame um, inductees uh, have been announced, and in, in, in joining the uh, joining the Basketball Hall of Fame this coming fall will be former NBA guards Chicago's very own Tim Powderay, Manu Ginobili from the San Antonio Spurs, WNBA forward Swing Cash, and former NBA head coach George Carl, and West Virginia men's basketball coach Bob Huggins. Those are the inductees for this year's uh, Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, not a big surprise that all these names, all these names are very deserving. Of course, you know, Tim Hardaway, of course, right here for me, right here in Chicago. The last of that, you know, run TMC, as they called it, in, mm-hmm. with the Warriors in the early 90s. I think they broke them up too early. I still say yes. that to this day. Yes. I, will say <laughs> I will die on that hill. Um, you know, but you know, he's the last group, you know, both Mitch Richmond, of course, Chris Mullen are already in. So that, that mm-hmm. you know, the last time there, you know, one of the best guards in the 90s. You know, five all-star appearances, you know, five all-NBA teams, their first team in 97. You know, one goal with the uh, in 2000. So a really, you know, not not too not too surprised that he got in. I know he had to wait a little bit, but you know, Manu got in first ballot. I mean, that's not a really big shocker, right? I mean, all of no, he has four for, championship rings, four championship rings, 22 time All Star, best six men in history. I mean, he was, uh, you know, joining Tim Duncan and in, in to- well, Tony Parker. I think we'll get in. I'm sure. Yeah. In. I think I think he's eligible next year. I think his first year eligibility, so he'll get in, no doubt. Uh, Swin Cash. Three-time NBA champion, two-time uh, NCAA, you know, you know, you know, champion with UConn. Yeah, I think she played with Sue Bird, I believe, and a uh, two-time gold medalist. You know, of course, she's a great, you know, TV analyst too. So, two made two All NBA teams and two All Star games, and such. So, also very deserving. George Carl, I, I saw kind of shocked that he wasn't already in, but mm-hmm. I guess you know. He played you know, five seasons. He's you know coaching you know, for 27 seasons. Coach of the year, you know, led this, you know, the Sonics to the finals in 96. Of course, they you know they lose to the Bulls. And you know, six in all-time in coaching. Of course, you know, Bob Huggins. Uh he's been coaching forever. You know, of course, Cincinnati, of course, they made the final four in 92. Of course, he's been at his own while West Virginia for the last, you know, in the last, I think like 25 years, I want to say, give or take. Uh, made them into a really like consistent program. It led to the Final Four in 2010. Six all six you know winningest coach all time. So uh, yeah, all all these names are very deserving of, of the Hall of Fame, and this should be a good a fun ceremony because I know Bob Huggins isn't really like the best at speaking because we all saw what happened when he was doing the uh, <laughs> the March Madness stuff. But, <laughs> no, but he's actually pretty funny. I, I know that there's going to be a lot of great speeches among these you know these these five individuals and. 
I look, I know some people are not, you know, keen on Tim Harvey because of some comments he made recently, but you know, this is a good honor for him. So, you know, let's, 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 let's keep, keep it to like the career in basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A couple of notes here. First on Tim Hardaway, uh, many people forget, especially for you younger listeners and viewers out there, Tim Hardaway missed the entire 93-94 season with the Golden State Warriors because he tore his ACL. At that time, he was one of the best point guards in the league, and he was making all-star teams. You, like you said, Lakini, uh, even after Mitch Richmond was shipped to Sacramento prior to the start of the 91-92 season, Hardaway and Mullen, they were still the best, one of the best duos in the NBA at that time. It mm -hmm. just uh, they just ran into the Portland Trailblazers. Of course, uh, they lost the yeah. Bulls in the finals in in that year. But when Tim Hardaway came back, uh, he was still good. But when he was traded to the Miami Heat at the trade deadline in the '96 season, uh, of course, when Pat Riley got a hold of him, um, taking over as head coach the following year, Tim Hardaway regained himself again. He lost a little bit of that stuff, but he still mm -hmm. had a lot left. He made the All Star team twice. Um, when you got to the Miami Heat. So Tim Hardaway was much well-deserved uh, Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame selection. George Carl, I know not everybody uh, wins the NBA championship, whether you're a player or coach or what have you, but his best uh, – he did a well of a job with that Denver Nuggets team in 2009, but his best jobs was with the uh, the Seattle Supersonics, especially in 96. That team lost to the Bulls in six games. But for some yeah. of you younger listeners and viewers out there, he was the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the late 80s before Lenny Wilkins took over. Mm -hmm. And you saw that young People talent rise. That. Yeah, and that young that. talent. Yep. Yeah. And the young talent started to rise with Craig Elo, Mark Price, and Brad Doherty. Yep. And so uh, George Carl uh, deserves that as well. Uh, of course, Manny Ginobili, he's one of the main foundations of the, uh, of the Spurs, especially during that time. I still say to this day, even though Tim Duncan outside of Kobe Bryant was the best player in the NBA during the uh, mid-2000s, I thought that Manny Ginobili should have won the NBA Finals MVP when they defeated the Detroit Pistons in seven mm -hmm. games. He was the best player on both teams during that series. I know they gave it to Tim Duncan, but you saw the best of Gin Manu Ginobili. He started to come of age at that time and he was the uh the um the batman uh to the robin of, of tim duncan yeah that's yeah and i think he definitely doesn't get his due i feel like man who does mm -hmm. i think he's probably the more the most underrated in that big three so i'm glad mm -hmm. he's in his dude i was glad he got in right away i know that um Look, I think George Carr, I think it's one of those guys that some people will get on him because, oh, he didn't win a championship, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, look, I mean, he was the one, like you said, he kind of like led the foundation for those you know, Cavaliers teams back in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. He was part of, you know, he was a coach that led the, ups the Sonics upsetting um, – no, 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 actually, no, actually, no, 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 actually, they, they lost that game, that, that series, you know, the Nuggets did uh, against the Super. Oh, yeah, 94, the yeah. Super mm -hmm. 94, so he was a coach there. I know some people will get on it because that team probably should have went to the NBA Finals, you know, because that was the year, of course, the, the Bulls, you know, were, you know, MJ was uh, taking a break, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We won't catch yeah, yeah, that, yeah. but that was probably the best shot that, that probably he had to win a championship. I know people are still harboring on that but yeah i mean look he look he deserves his due he's, he's in the top 10 like i said in among you know all nba uh you know all-time coaching wins in the nba he won coach of the year and such you know i mean it's just look he met you know, let multiple teams to the playoffs so you know i think people need to kind of sort of get off get off him on that so he definitely deserves to get in the hall of fame actually they all do you know swing cash of course help revolutionize yeah. you know women's basketball was part of those uconn teams you know won a couple of championships won a couple of championships in the wba as well so 
Look, I think all four, all five, I'm sure they're going to be others. Yeah, of course, the official announcement will not be made till Sunday, but these are kind of like the five like main folks that will get in. So there'll be others, but these are like the five like main folks. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as Second City Sports continues with our special guest, Mr. Larry Harley, the sports director at WGN-TV Chicago. He's going to hop on with us to talk Chicago sports and give us his preview of the men's college basketball Final Four, which uh, takes place tomorrow in the city of New Orleans, and a whole lot more, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. That's me. You listen to Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left in this extravagance of a, of a show for the Friday edition, the first show for the month of April for us. If you have a question or comment is for our for our guest that's coming up shortly, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Join us now to talk Chicago sports and give us a preview 
of the men's college bas- basketball final four, which takes place tomorrow night in New Orleans, is uh, we had him on the podcast before, Lakina. He mm-hmm. gave me my TV debut on the now defunct CLTV Sports Feed. Uh, he's a sports producer at WGN Television in Chicago. And he's the co-host of WGN News Now. You can find at WGNTV.com. Let's please welcome in back our uh, a good friend of this show, Mr. Larry Howley. Larry, Yay. welcome back to the show. How are you? Well, how are you guys doing? It's good to see you again. Good to see you. Gotcha. Uh, back at work. The last time I did this, I was sitting in my uh, my living room. So uh, happy <laughs> uh, to kind of be able to do this now from the station. We've been back now for about ten months. Boy, time goes fast. It's already been ten months. Yeah, time time flies by fast. So you have to take mm-hmm. take advantage of everything and appreciate things. That's why I think that's what this um um pandemic has taught everybody. Like, you know, don't take things for granted. Appreciate the things that you do have, and you can go on from there. Larry, let's start with Chicago sports first. Uh, starting off with the Chicago Bulls, forty-five and thirty-two, after a terrific win uh, against the Clippers last night. Uh, Demar Derozan drops a fifty-piece. He missed the uh, last of the three free throws that would have ended the game in regulation, but he turns it up in overtime. And the Bulls uh, are now currently on the two-game winning streak. Given the way that they played lately, uh, this was a much-needed win, not just from. Uh, in trying to improve themselves in the standings, but in my opinion, I think this is a much needed win from a confidence standpoint. Uh, what do you think about the game last night? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, look, that you know, let's be honest. I think the Clippers are a much different team with Paul George, and they certainly showed that last night. So the record isn't really indicative of, of probably what they can be, but I think that it certainly. I think you make a good point from a morale standpoint. It certainly helps. It's been a terrible march for the Bulls. They really haven't had a lot of great wins. I will say this though: the Bulls have won the games they've had to win. They've beaten the Cavaliers. They've beaten the Raptors. They've at least taken care of their position. As of right now, it looks pretty good. Like they're going to miss the play-in tournament. Cleveland, I believe, is back by three, and the Bulls have five to play. So looks like they're going to be in the first round. Who they get there and the pain they're going to have once they get there. Uh, is going to be interesting, but, uh, you know, because it's going to be a really tough matchup no matter who they get, especially with those top, you know, top three, top four. But back to last night, I, I think it is something big. And I, I think, you know, it, it it means a lot for just to give, I think just for fans, something nice to have. I think for the team, just just a nice little confidence for them to, to feel much better about uh, as they go, they come off a really rough month. And I think to be able to get a win like that in a game that, frankly, looked like a defeat pretty much all the way up until the last two or three minutes. And then the Clippers kind of mini imploded and then DeMar took over. Maybe he missed the free throw so we could have all that 10 points in overtime and that dunk to get the uh, – I think maybe he did that because that's that's a signature moment. You know, DeMar has been absolutely incredible. And for him to get 50, there's something magical about that 50 number. They don't get it without overtime. I think it is a good morale boost for the team. Uh, you know, as far as where it is in the standings, I think maybe that might be the most important – because I think now with that win, they they're pretty much clear of the play-in tournament. Now they're just going to tussle this with uh, with the Raptors to see who ends up getting that fifth spot. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting too because you know they've got four of their last five are going to be at home, so that should help a lot, including Miami tomorrow. Uh, where do you see the you know, the, you know, this team? I know like you know I'm, all of the morale boost, like one can give everybody a morale boost, not just the players, but also the fans as well. So people say, you know, maybe we might actually win a playoff series. So what's your what's what's your take on that? Well, I mean, as far as what the Bulls can do, I mean, we've seen, you know, it's kind of the test for every team, right, to see what they do when they face the best. And and I think we've kind of gotten an idea of what the Bulls do when they do that. Uh, I haven't checked to see where the movement has been, but, you know, the Bulls have had terrible luck against the top three teams in each conference. Um, 
So that that's still going to be a factor. They've beaten Boston, but uh, and they've got one more game with Boston coming up. Uh, and actually a really difficult three-game stretch here with the Heat. Uh, then they have the Bucks, and then they have the Celtics. Uh, you know, forgive me if that order. I'm trying. I think they played the Celtics. I think it's the Bucks second and the Celtics third, but I could be wrong on that one if I've checked correctly. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, we we've had a lot of talk, and I guess you guys can address this too. Like, what's what's a successful year for the Bulls right now? And you know, after the last month, I think if they have a really competitive first round series with the Bucks or the Sixers. Because they've just done nothing against the Sixers. They've done nothing against Joel Embiid. I believe they're about <laughs> yeah, 11. right. I believe they're Bulls zero and eleven. I think right now that's success. You know, maybe if the Bulls would climb into four, or or they end up in a matchup with the Celtics, maybe that's one of those you look at and go, okay, let's win. But if they do end up in a matchup with, let's just say the Bucks, uh, the Sixers, or the Heat, I think if they compete, I think that's all right. And especially considering. In, in my in my personal opinion, I do think Lonzo Ball makes a big difference. You know, funny, we talked about the Bulls having issues with point guard, uh, you know, really over the last five years. And then they really haven't had Lonzo now since, you know, I think January 14th was his last game. And, you know, I think, you know, you don't know how much you're going to get back of him. So I think if the Bulls have a really competitive first round series against either the Heat, the Bucks, or the Sixers, I think that's a fairly successful season based off of what we've seen, their body of work against the elite teams in the NBA. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, well, we said at the the top of the show, uh, Larry, that uh, I said this prediction on this show uh, during last summer, of course, uh, during the the season. I I expected the Bulls to win between 46 and 48 games. I told a couple of people outside of here, I think they could win 50 games. It's still possible. I don't realistically, I think there's, going to happen now but i said between 46 and 48 games depending on the matchup you win a first round playoff series after that anything else is gravy now the way they started off the season no one anticipated getting off to the best start in the eastern conference through the first couple of months of the season before covid and injuries uh had uh dealt this team up dealt with this team but the way they're playing right now. Hopefully, this is a confidence booster to towards finishing the regular season strong. Uh, this is kind of where I expected them to be. Now, the road travel, no one expected it, but but this is kind of where I expected this team to be, or at least record wise. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I was like, if they win one between you know forty to forty five wins, you know they'll they'll be solid. And look, they're already well ahead of that pace. So I'm like, you know what? Look, anything else is sort of like the icing on the cake. Now, we'll see if Lonzo can come back. You know, that he's been cleared to, you know, for basketball activities finally. So maybe those last couple of games, maybe that last game against Boston, and you were right on Larry. Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston. So that, that's the you, know, you had the order correctly, along with Charlotte and Minnesota. If he can come back with by that Charlotte game and probably get a couple of games in, in him before the playoffs start, I think that could help now. Like, it's all going to depend on where they go. If they end up, you know, finishing fourth, had to play a Boston or a Cleveland then that might be a little bit you know, different. But I think right now, I think like everything else is gravy at this point of the season with everything that's been happening to them, you know, from COVID and injuries and such. It's just, you know, the more DeMar is doing, what Zach's been doing you know, with, a, with a bad knee, Vooch is, you know, you know, is solid. I don't care what anybody says. I, that's the hill I'm dying on. AO, I know AO has <laughs> kind of taken a couple of steps back, you know, with, you know, of course, the people even remember he's still a rookie. Pilo's getting back into it, you know, Caruso as well. So, yeah, I think with the Bulls, there are where I thought they would be, but. Yeah, it, I, it's about probably record-wise. I thought maybe, 
I had said, I think seal I thought maybe 40 to 45 of the ceiling around 50, if things went right. So they're going to end up probably that's why I, and a lot of, and I think a lot of people did. I know a lot of people I've talked to have all have thought, they thought, Hey, this team can make the playoffs. But again, I think Sydney, you said it right. The road travel to get there has been much different. And I, I would be lying if I said, I thought DeMar DeRozan would be this good because this is, you know, I, he was on career path, uh, career high paths through most of the year. And I think he's probably still there now. So seeing DeMar play at MVP level, I don't know if he'll get it, but he could crack the top three. And that has been something I did not expect. I expected production, not MVP level. <laughs> Larry Harley, sports producer at WGN TV in Chicago, is joining us here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. Sid Lakina here with you. We're live in the 11 Call of Sports on Chicago. Let's stay with the Bulls, Larry. And Lakina brought him up just a second ago. Nikolai Vucevic. It depends on who you follow and who you talk to on Bulls Twitter. Mm. Of course, Lakina's on there way more than I am. Uh, uh, if something bad happens to the Bulls, uh, Vucevic gets the blame for it. Somebody else misses a shot. Vucevic somehow gets the blame for it. But I noticed in these last few games, um, we all know that Vucevic is a very good outside shooter, but he doesn't have that great inside game. Over these last few games, whenever he's uh, had the matchup in his favor in the post, uh, it seems to me that he's starting to take the bull by the horns, no pun intended, and starting to take advantage of those matchups. He, and he's starting to be more effective scorer inside. And we saw that again last night against the Clippers. What are your thoughts about Nikolai Vucevic's performance, uh, performances in his last few games? Well, I mean, he's certainly been a lot more productive. We, we've certainly seen that, especially in the, in, in the points. You know, I, I think that he is going to be somebody. I think he. I don't know if he's an X factor because he's always he's been productive. You know, he's had stretches. I remember there was a stretch earlier in the season where he just he was shooting terribly. I mean, he just mm -hmm. couldn't get anything. He was so able to get the job done on the boards. He he to me is somewhat of an X factor. Like, what if he's able to really turn up his play in the post? You know, what if they end up playing the Bucks or God? You know, if they end up playing, God forbid, the Sixers and they've got to go up mm -hmm. against Embiid. <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting to see because I think the playoffs could be a time for. For Nikola to show where where he fits in all this, you know, where, you know, he was, you know, really, guys, I would say he's the first one of the the true one of the AK era, because that was the trade that signaled the where this franchise is going. Are we, you know, for under the Gar Packs, it was rebuild the last few years. And then, you know, AK and Mark Eversley say, nope, we're going to try to win right now. They traded for Vucevic traded draft picks to try to make the playoffs in 2021. And then of course this year, I'm really curious what his future will be. You know, he, you know, he's been a productive player. Has he been a dominant player? I would say no, he's not been on the all-star level that we saw uh, when he was in Orlando, but he's had moments like we've seen now where he's come up, you know, relatively big when the bulls have needed some really big victories. Uh, they had absolutely had to beat Washington. I thought on Tuesday. And I think this Clippers game was a really big one as well. These are two wins where if the you know the scores flip here, you're really looking at the Bulls fighting for a play-in tournament at this point, and it's probably going down to the last game of the season with three really really difficult matchups coming up. And Vooch came up big, so I'm I am very curious to see what Vooch will be because we we we've seen we you know we've seen what Demar can do. We we know what Zach can do. Obviously, his knee's going to be you know here and there. Uh, you mentioned like Caruso, you know what he's going to get. Io's had a fantastic rookie season. He's going to have those things to which he's going to hit a little bit of a, a rookie wall. That was absolutely inevitable. Vooch is interesting because if he comes up with a big playoffs or he really establishes himself well inside, maybe he helps the Bulls pull a win in that in a playoff series. And if the Bulls win a first-round playoff series, this season I think would, based on, again, the body of work, would be a really good resounding success.
Absolutely. Uh, let's switch gears here to talk, you know, Bears for a second. Totally new regime. They've made some moves. They <laughs> really cool. I know, right? Right. You know, like, I got to bring it down the mood somehow, Sid. I got to, now that we have Larry here with us. Uh, you know, they've made some moves. Uh, you know, they traded Khalil Mack. You know, they brought some guys on. They re signed, you know, Houston Carson. There are rumors that maybe Roquan might sit out if they don't get an extension. You know, what, what do you think about the Bears' moves so far this year? What what moves have you liked? Have you not liked? Well, they're 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 pretty much about what I expected, which were very small, much to kind of fill in holes. I think that's where, you know, let's face it, Ryan Pace left Ryan Poles with some massive salary cap problems, uh, and he had to take care of it. Uh, I thought the return for the Mac trade was fine. It'd been cool if he got a first round pick. Maybe you were able, you might have been able to do that, especially considering how valuable Mac is to the Chargers because Staley worked with him when he was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the, the Khalil Mac is an appealing option for for the Chargers because they'll have both on the other side. You really establish this, you know, really incredible, you know, pass rush that they're going to have. I thought the return on him was fine. It's a shame, uh uh Odenigbo, it's shame he didn't work out because I think that would have been a nice addition on the interior of that line. Uh, the Bears most likely are losing Akeem Hicks, and they lost, uh, you know, Bilal Nichols, who I thought really did a nice job to establish himself in the middle, especially when Hicks dealt with some injury problems over the past few years. Then he fails his physical. Uh, you, you don't get Bates. He ends up going back to the Bills. Those two hurt. I, I don't think it's a crushing blow, but I think those two really hurt because I think those two guys could have been pieces to really at least help the Bears from a competitive aspect right now. I think right now looking at free agency uh, pickups I like. Uh, Dink uh, Crookshank is, isn't too bad. He's an interesting kind of wild card guy that they just signed uh, at the safety position this week. I'd be really curious to see what he might be able to do with a little bit more time. He only had four starts in his career, and they all came last year, and he missed most of 2020 with an injury. He's also a really effective special teams player. Uh, he actually had a touchdown and a really important field goal block uh, his first two years. So Dane is someone I'm really excited to see, maybe what he can do at the safety position, if he can solidify it with Eddie Jackson. So that's one guy I look at. I think really maybe looking at it at the end, the Lucas Patrick signing I, I think is really good because you know he has great versatility on the line, which they lost with James Daniels. I, I think it you know, looks like Lucas is going to play center. And, you know, I think maybe he can bring a little bit of stability to the interior of that offensive line. While the Bears did have three solid starters there, the performance left something to be desired. And I think adding a guy like Patrick in there, uh, he had his time in Green Bay. He he played well. I think he's going to be able to add a little stability there and kind of figure out what the Bears really want to do with that interior of the line. Uh, the, the tackles is a whole nother thing. That is, that's, that's a, that's going to be a faith thing with Borum, with Jenkins, wherever that ends up. So that's going to be an interesting thing. But I think for free agency, this is about what I expected. I, I didn't know if they might try to take a risk on a receiver. I think that's something that they'll end up doing in the draft. But no real surprises. I don't feel much uh, disappointment uh, outside of the two guys who didn't end up uh, arriving in Chicago. Larry Harley, sports producer at WGN-TV Chicago, is joining us here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Larry, let's stay with the Bears for a second. You mentioned uh, they'll probably go after a wide receiver. They will go after a wide receiver in this draft. They don't have a first-round pick, but they have two second-round picks. I'll, you kind of saw the thunder of my next question, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you think they'll, uh, with that 
with one of those second round picks that go for the best offensive lineman or just go for the best player available? Um, I might be best player. I would be shocked, frankly, if they didn't get a receiver. I mean, they need they need weapons for him. Equinemia mm-hmm. uh, St. Brown, he, I don't know what he's going to do. He, we've, we've seen flashes out of him, but not a lot recently. So maybe he's there. I think Darnell Mooney's a solid receiver. I, th- I think he, you know, really you look at some of the Ryan Pace finds, and he had a couple of them in those later rounds, and, and certainly Mooney's one of those guys. And he was able to establish a little bit of a rapport with Fields. So he's there. Other than that, you really – you truly don't know. So I really think that they're going to have to go receiver with one of those picks and, and probably lineman with another. But I, I do think, I think priority will probably be receiver and then maybe best player available. So maybe if you don't have a lineman you're sold on, okay, but I, they have to get a receiver. I, I would be shocked if they did not use one of those first two, unless simply nobody's there. I don't see them trading into the first round to go get one because frankly, you know, they don't have a lot to work with and as far as picks go, unless they trade somebody off the roster. So I would be very I would be fairly certain they'll take a receiver in with one of those first two uh, first two second round picks. That should be very interesting. Now let's talk about the other one the main reasons why we want you here, Larry. Talk about the final four. You got a battle of blue buzz in, in the bayou in New Orleans. Of course, you got Villanova and Kansas in the first game. Of course, you know, North Carolina do the first time they'll play in tournament play. In the second game tomorrow night, uh, what's your, where is synopsis of this? Because I, I feel like this should be you know, a couple of really great games. Let's say you. I don't know what, you know, it's interesting. This is a really interesting tournament because there was so much chaos that you kind of ended up with pretty much a blue blood final four. And whether you consider Villanova blue blood kind of depends on, on your perspective. I think right now they're probably one of the best programs. If Moore doesn't get hurt, for Villanova, I might have seen them winning the championship because I think they played some really solid basketball. Uh, they came out of, of the South region and they beat a Houston team that's really good. I, I, I'll give you this. Uh, my Illini did not have much for them late in that game. And Houston plays really good defense. Uh, Kelvin Sampson is, is one heck of a coach. I've said it a number of times. Uh, you know, his issues all came with, you know, off the court stuff. On the court, he's one of the finest coaches in the country, and he had Houston ready to go. And Villanova played really well against them and really mm-hmm. took them out of their game after you know three really impressive performances by Houston. It, maybe Villanova can still do something. You never know with, with a coach like Jay Wright and, and a program like that, they could do something. But we'll see uh, what they can do. I, I, I don't know. I never rule anybody out because weird stuff happens in the Final Four and you get on that stage and teams get inspired. You know, maybe they pull this off. I'm really, really intrigued to see what's going to happen with with Duke Carolina. I part of me sees part of me sees Duke winning this. It just seems to fit the the bill. It seems to fit the narrative. You know, Coach K is in his last go around. It, it, this feels like a Duke win. It really does to me. And that's not really disrespecting North Carolina, who's done a wonderful job under Hubert Davis to not only beat Coach K in that finale. Uh, at Duke and probably seal their bid to get in the tournament. They were right on the bubble right there. And a Notre Dame ended up having to go into the play-in round. And they were right there neck and neck in the ACC standings. I think Carolina's good, done a good job. Kansas, you know, they kind of just made their way fairly quietly through the Midwest. So maybe they're a threat. You never know those teams. To me, guys, it's an intriguing Final Four because it does have these blue blood programs. It does have the matchup. I'm kind of sitting back and watching to see what will happen. But I will say this. If more were not hurt, I would pick Villanova because I think they're playing extremely good basketball right now. 
and and they've had a good tournament resume recently and would be really good. Not ruling them out because, again, you have to win two games. And on this stage, really funny things happen. But, you know, right now, if I had to pick, I'd say the narrative. I'd go with Duke. And speaking of Duke, Larry, of course, whether Coach K, he's coaching his final game or games, whether it ends tomorrow night or Monday with a win or a loss, uh, give us your perspective on his impact on the world of college basketball because Duke wasn't anything when he took over in the late 80s. Of course, he turned into a powerhouse in the 90s, and he was, he was one of the few coaches that was against the one-and-done program system, but, you know, boosters and everybody else around and say, hey, you want to keep this program running and, and keep them at a high level, you have to do this. And so he went along with it now with this new NIL rule. You know, most of the older coaches, you know, this over the last couple of years, like Roy Williams and Coach K is like, well, I'm done. I'm not going to deal with this. So let me get up out of here. So give us your perspective about Coach K's impact on the world of college basketball during this well, time. Well, it is a Chicago native having another major impact on basketball. So that's, yeah. that's something that I think we, you know, I always have kind of said, you know, people forget sometimes because he's been out in the in the Carolinas for so long uh, that his roots are, are right here in Chicago. Well, I, I think certainly at Duke, it's transformative. A program that was decent has become elite, you know, maybe the most elite program in the country. It depended upon and how you rank that. I think that he has been adaptive. I think that's a great point you bring up, Sydney, is that he was not someone who was about the one and done, but became about that. You know, he <laughs> he was willing to embrace that part of college basketball. He was adaptive. Um, he was willing to, you know, he had a number of players that he was able to make fit into his system. He had, a, um, you know, a wide range of players that he was able to do it with. I think his career, and I think one thing that he always did really well, was to evolve with the times. I mean, you've seen where his championships have been, 91, 92, 2001. You know, and then he comes back, you know, wins 2010. Comes back and wins 2015. a uh, one-and-done guy. He's a Chicago guy. Again, the, he has found ways to adapt, and he has found ways to continue to grow with the game. And it's allowed his school to not only be competitive, but be elite and a national champion. And I think that's kind of the legacy that he leaves. I think, you know, obviously there are people who love Coach K, who don't mm -hmm. like Coach K. That, mm -hmm. that, and if anything, that's the essence of being a true legend is you, you have detractors, you have people who support you. Uh, but certainly I think his impact on college basketball with his longevity of coaching, his success of coaching, and his ability to adapt I think we're critical, and I think that makes him one of the greatest coaches of all time in the sport of basketball, not just in college basketball. How do you think John Shire is going to do a local kid, son of a coach, won, won a championship here when he was in high school, you know, actually was able to get you know, Zion to actually come to Duke, you know, when you know, mm -hmm. there were rumors that he might, he might you know, went to like maybe overseas, perhaps maybe play professionally. So how do you think he's going to do? That's hard to say. I mean, I, Shire has a really good resume, and, and obviously he's had a lot to do in bringing a lot of good recruits there, as you mentioned with Zion. It, it's really hard to say because, frankly, there's there's no protocol for it. Nobody's replaced uh, – nobody has, done, has replaced a Duke coach since, what, 80-81? To mm -hmm. be there for so long, it, it really is incredible. And, you know, a succession plan probably is the right way to do it. I believe North Carolina did the same for Dean Smith of Bill Guthrie. And I, I, you know, I know that they did that. I believe that that's how they did that. And they were able to hold it together. Then they had Matt Doherty come in. 
really hot start and then things really faded. And then Roy came in and, mm-hmm. and you know, reestablished North Carolina as a as a dominant blue blood powers and now back in the final four. I, I it's it's hard to say. I never doubt anybody. He certainly knows Duke. Uh, he certainly has been by Coach K's side for a long time. So if anybody knows what it takes to win at Duke, what it takes to recruit at Duke, and what they want to stand for as a program, he knows it. So I think that's going to allow the program to at least be able to stay on a good footing. Now, can they retain at the elite level? That will depend on a lot of things, who he brings into coach, the players he, he has, how he develops himself as a head coach. Remember, he's got to take the reins for them, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be something that I think is really critical. So a lot of it is wait and see, and that's not doubting or or having anything to say against John. He has a wonderful basketball resume, but certainly there is a lot for him to prove in a really, 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 I could say really 20 times, really difficult situation to take over for one of the legends of basketball and coaching. And, and I wish him the best of luck. And, and again, another Chicago guy getting a major opportunity, and, you know, Chicago area guy getting a major opportunity to make it on the highest level. And, but I, but I, he has the knowledge and the training. Uh, well, now it's time to see what, what he does with it. Last moment or two, uh, heading down the home stretch with WGN TV sports producer, Larry Howie, right here on second city sports, real live in the 11 color on sports Zone Chicago city. Ken here with you, Larry baseball is going to start next week. It should have started yesterday, but mm-hmm. uh, the powers that be decided to play games off the field instead of on the field. But, uh, but opening day was is going to start next week for the Cubs next Thursday. Of course, uh, this time next week, the White Sox will start their season in Detroit. Of course, the White Sox uh, made some news today. They traded Craig Kimbrell to the Los Angeles Dodgers for right fielder A.J. Pollock, and they come to an agreement with Lucas Giolito avoiding arbitration one year over just over $7.5 million. Give us your prediction about our Chicago baseball teams this year, first starting with the White Sox. Well, I think the Sox will win the AL Central, but I think the Twins and the Tigers are coming. So they've got to really be prepared, I think, to you know to do with what they can. I think they're going to have to be savvy in moves they make. Um, like today, I think the uh, the Pollock pickup is really good. I think he you get an all you get a Gold Glove first uh, outfielder. Only issue is going to be is he's has only played in left field six games. Uh, he has mainly been a center fielder. That's where he won his Golden Glove in uh, in 2015 with the Diamondbacks. I would assume and fairly assume he can transition to right field where he'll platoon at least for the moment for Andrew Vaughn. It seems like Vaughn's making some better progress, so he may be ready for opening day. I like the deal. You get rid of Kimbrell, who just was not going to work in that situation. He is a closer. It's not going to work. Not going to. It's just not going to work in that situation. Great pitcher, not an eighth inning guy, but they get an outfielder who I think can contribute right away. You got the job done there. I think the, uh, I really think that the White Sox, will make additions to this team via trade sometime around the deadline. And I think that they'll still be in the 90 to 97 win range. And a lot's going to depend on how they perform in the playoffs, how those guys like Eloy, Luis Robert, Yohan Mankata, and their pitching staff, of course, and the starters really perform once they get to the playoffs. They'll be in the playoffs. I see a range of 90 to 97 wins with probably a midseason major acquisition or two made at that point. As far as the Cubs go, if everything breaks right, maybe they're competitive in a division that could have a winner around 90 wins. Realistically, and we heard the news of Wade Miley today, I guess he's he, you know, he's having a little bit of elbow trouble, so he'll be sidelined for about a week to a week and a half. They would have to have everything come together. There's still questions on their pitching staff. They'll probably use a lot of younger guys. 
I don't think the future is terrible for the Cubs. I really don't. I think there's guys in the minors that'll be good. I don't necessarily know if that really translates to a lot of success this year. My mind has probably somewhere around 74 to 78 wins. Um, if things break right, maybe they're competitive. They're in the early 80s wins, and you never know with a new playoff team. Maybe that's enough to stay in the race. My mindset is saying not that it couldn't break, but probably looking about 70, 74 to 78 wins, middle of the pack in the Central. I feel the same way. I feel like if the, the White Sox can avoid injuries and they can, you know, get make some more moves, as you said, I think they could probably be right there in the 1995 race. But I think Detroit and Minnesota, I don't know what Minnesota is doing either, so don't ask. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they, those two might be gunning for them. I think they come the same way. I think, you know, the Reds and the Pirates have already said, hey, you know what, forget it. And, you know, I think they could be right. They could be they could finish starting. And, and you know what? It'd be mm -hmm. fun if they finish near, near 500. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, I think that would be good. I think if they, if they were to finish near, Hey, 84 wins, extra playoff team, you never know. I mean, you don't, you never rule anything out, especially with an extra playoff team. All right. Last question from me, Larry, uh, you're part of the, the WGN now uh, news digital program. You can access that at the WGNTVnews.com. I see you giving a little news, but mostly sports updates. You have uh, guests on from the sports world. Of course, we all know that NBC sports Chicago will pick up, uh, pick back up their daily uh, live Chicago sports uh, daily TV show with a betting segment of part of every show. The last time we talked with you, uh, everything was kind of cut off with these major TV stations doing due to the pandemic. But uh, you, you guys have started kind of like a, not a sports feed thing, but uh, kind of in that same realm that the sports feed was doing several years ago. Talk to us how that project got started. Well, so the one thing we've done is online, I got this job in June of, of 2021. So the, before I was a producer, I was a reporter for about 13 years. And so I you know, came back to go home to produce and then got the chance to do it again. So WGN News Now Sports Talk is basically meant as a continuation to sports feed, mm -hmm. uh, to what we did, which was to feature young, either young journalists, journalists who've been writing for years, but you know, people really didn't have much of a platform to talk. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to continue with sports feed. I felt like that was something unique we had. Uh, that was something that we did on Sports Feed first because we had to have an in-studio guest every night. So we had to think outside the box when it came to finding, you know, those who were talking sports. We had to look for, you know, people who weren't always on TV or who were, weren't always being featured on stuff. And that it became a thing that I took a lot of, of pride in is, is trying to find, you know, people from all walks of life, male, female, every really trying to find people who talk sports, who have a perspective, but need would be great to have a platform to share that. And I feel like WGN News Now Sports Talk can do that again. And I feel like it can give a chance for a lot of people to discuss what they see, as we've talked about over the past two years, how important it is for perspective, representation, and having the opportunity to hear from a number of different voices so people can get a number of different opinions. And I, I really wanted this WGN News Now Sports Talk to be that. And to be the continuation of what we did on SportsFeed for four and a half years. Uh, kind of ramping it up, I've, I've taken kind of a slow approach to it. So I'm trying to do right now two to three a week. My dream would actually be to have a like talk show similar to what we're doing here. And that might be in the works maybe sometime over the summer. But again, there are so many people who have unique ideas in sports. There's so many. And it, it, I'd like to find and, and give a chance to give a voice to people like that. You know, obviously Twitter, YouTube give 
people, all sorts of voices, but, you know, would love to do it on the WGN platform. And it's a chance just for me to get to meet, you know, new people and get a chance to, you know, hear what they have to say, how they may see something different, uh, see what they do differently. I, I enjoy that from a personal perspective. So I'm hoping that we can continue this on and, and it will continue for years to come. Love it. You can check you can check it out on WGN now. Also, too, yo, his great work on WGN, the main WGN uh, network, yo, Channel Nine here in Chicago. So, uh, Larry, this was great fun as always. Where people can where can people find you on social media? So I'm on Twitter at Holly Sports. That's H A W L E Y Sports, all one word. Instagram at L Holly eighty. So L H A W L E Y eighty. And then my Facebook's open. It's just Larry Holly. So if you Want to come find me on Facebook? Uh, it's, it's right there. And he's a big craft beer guy, too. We remember that from the last yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, and they're going to stop making Sox Golden Ale. I so know, the one I saw I that. They stopped mm -hmm. making it. That was a great beer. Goose did a really good job with that beer. That's that's the perfect ballpark beer because it's light. It's not too much to it. Because I eat a ton of ball games, so I like to have light beer. You know, everywhere else, hey, I enjoy a, a heavy beer. But I'm kind of <laughs> sad Sox Golden Ale is going away. That was a good. That was a really good beer. Yeah, now with it the was, Goose yeah. Island sponsorship going away, mm -hmm. now it's Miller Light uh, in the in the right field for this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah that's a shame, but it, it still should be fun as the weather starts to turn. And hopefully, it'll be a, a great start to both of our Chicago baseball teams, but particularly the White Sox. So you're surely a White Sox fan, so mm -hmm. I care more about them more than anything else. Uh, Larry, thank you very much for taking time of your busy schedule to join us here today on. Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports. Uh, continue the great work and good luck with the with the new program. I hope we have you on again sometime uh, in the beginning of the summer. Okay, appreciate Thanks. it as always. Anytime, please give me a call. Appreciate it. Thanks, right, Larry. Thank you. Stay safe. Yeah, thank you. Take care. All right. All right. That was WGN. WGN Sports producer, WGN News Now host Larry Holly uh, said, uh, "We got to stretch here because yes, we do. Yes, we do. Get a little tight. We got to do our two and two break. A lot to do coming up. Still a major milestone for the Blackhawks. Unfortunately, they were at the wrong end of that last night in their in their game. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I know. Uh, said and I get our predictions for the final four and uh, to a whole lot more. I got the World Cup. You know, draw just finished up. So still a lot to do. Still a lot to talk about. We got sports me lose. I'm sure there's got a couple." of things here for, for sports media news coming up so lots of work through these last few minutes but we're gonna take a little quick break you know for a little bit and uh with sydney brown i'm lakina mcgee this is sports zone chicago and this is second city sports automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the sports zone chicago NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrinkett had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago.
Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color, the first show for us for the month of April, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Cena Lakina here with you, with you for the last 15 minutes of or so left in the program for today. If you have any questions or comments during our last segment of the show for today and for the week for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, you teased us before the break. We'll do it now. We'll give our predictions for the Final Four in men's college basketball, which uh, tips out tomorrow night at 5 o'clock p.m. on TBS. Remember, folks, this year's Final Four is on TBS, not CBS. Mm -hmm. So you have cable or you download that March Madness app. Please uh, do so to catch uh, the Final Four. Uh, the first game will be Villanova versus Kansas. And then headline at 8 o'clock Chicago time will be Duke and North Carolina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shout out, Petey Pablo. <laughs> Lakina, what are you looking forward to in these matchups tomorrow? Well, I, I feel like, you know, I think Larry said if Justin Moore had not gotten hurt for Villanova, I probably would pick them to win. But Me too. Villanova, Me too. Villanova only goes about, like, they're not that deep anyway, so they may have to put mm -hmm. Otis on, you know, Connor Gillespie. And 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 all and all those guys and I, I feel like this could probably wear wear them out. I feel like and and look, I mean that's not to say that they can't pull it off. I mean, look, weird things happen to Final Four. You get a lot of unsung heroes. I mean, uh, Justin Jason Samuels, I should say, Jane Jermaine Samuels, I should say, I could never get his name right. You know, he's been <laughs> sort of right there. He needs to make some big shots for them as well and look i think kansas just need to make their shot i mean remy martin you know is a great guy off the bench they have not the rapper no not the rapper no not the rapper no 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 the transfer from arizona state uh abaji oche abaji look i've been trying to say this guy's name for like four years i still haven't known pronounced his name well but look they got a lot of different kansas so i feel like kansas you know jalen wilson and you know Excuse me, Jawan Harris Jr. I mean, they look, they're a lot, of, they have a lot of players, a lot of depth. If they can hit their shots, I think Kansas, this game might be over with, Villanova might be over with pretty quick. So I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think I have Kansas win that first game. I have Kansas, Kansas winning it too, due to the injury factor for Villanova, as we mentioned before. I think it's going to come down to two things limiting turnovers and assists. Mm -hmm. uh, who could do that the best? I think Kansas uh, can take care of the basketball uh, uh, very well, but I think Villanova does it better. But it's going to come down to who 
or rotates the ball around better. Whoever has the most assists will win the game. That's how I see in this matchup. And as I said before, uh, I'm, I'm going with Kansas. Kansas, another great uh, coaching matchup with Bill Self and Jay Wright. Both have won championships, so they know how what it takes mm -hmm. to win. Now, probably the main event is, of course, it'll be the last in the next game. I'm sure CBS is probably kicking themselves that they don't have the Final Four this year because they get yeah. to <laughs> for the first time ever in tournament play. You got North Carolina and Duke, of course. You know they split their regular season series. Um, I sure, I'm sure Duke's got revenge on their minds after you know being you know after being beaten by North Carolina, you know, pretty easily in those last few minutes. You know, last home game at Cameron Indoor for Coach K. Um, I think for me, I think it's you know. You know, Baco, Armando Baco and Caleb Love and RJ Davis and you know Brady Monk. I mean, if those guys, you know, I'm sure they'll be ready. I think there might be nerves because it's for a lot of these guys is their first time playing in the final four. So there might be some nerves yeah. here. But you know, early on, so folks should not you know be discouraged by that. But if they can look if Duke can set the tempo early, they Pachero and you know, Roach and Wendell Moore Jr. I mean, it, it's sort of like if, if Duke can set the tempo early. It, this could be a knockdown drag down, not literally a knockdown drag up, but this could definitely be like it could be of, that too. <laughs> it might be, who knows? It could literally be that way. But uh yeah, I think if you know, if whoever sets a tempo early, if North Carolina can set the tempo early, if they can you know get to a hostile like they, like they did against St. Peter's, you know, maybe they can win pull away, or if Duke sets a tempo early and you know Pachero gets hot and Moore gets hot and Roche gets hot. Like they could probably pull away too, Duke. So I have really no clue where this game's gonna go, but you know, so but this should be a fun one and a classic one. I know Duke is favored by four uh, in that second game. I think it's going to come down to hot shooting for both teams, and it's going to come down to the pace of play. I think North Carolina is better at that than Duke, and also it's going to come down to defensive rebounding. Uh, who Who's going to want it more? Will it Will it be Manic for North Carolina, or will it be some of the uh, unsung heroes on the flip side for Duke? But it's going to come down to hot shooting, especially from the three-point line three-point line. I think Carolina does it just a little bit better than Duke can, and it's going to come down to defensive rebound. Look for those two factors tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going in the upset. and uh, I may uh, regret this, but I don't care. I'm not putting any money on it, but I'm going with North Carolina by three. I think this could be a class one, so, but I, I got Duke. I, I feel like there's this, you know, there's this story being written, you know, Coach K's last dance, if you will, and <laughs> I think it's enough for a Duke versus Kansas, um, you know, battle for the championship. We'll see. Should be look. These should be a fun one. These should be. This should be a fun one down there in New Orleans. So this should be really good. Now the women's uh, final four is tonight, and you know, just want to do a real quick. You got four. You got three ones and a two seed. You know, playing each other. You got Louisville and South Carolina playing each other in that first. The first matchup, Aaliyah Austin, who. One Naismith Player of the Year. She can be a great defender. She she averages, I think, like what, like 20 points and 20 rebounds. Well, almost 20 rebounds, like 15 rebounds. We talked about her a couple of days ago. Louisville's got a, a great star of their own. I got to make sure I get her name right because I, I don't want to, you know, disrespect her. Haley Von Leith, who actually was one of the first girls to play in, you know, the late Kobe Bryant's in that league for, you know, for girls basketball. Mm -hmm. And she actually said that if you guys listen to her, her interview, she said, look, go win that bleep. I will say it. I won't, I won't I'll right. say the word, but <laughs> go win that bleep. So it should be, it should be a great battle between those two. And, uh, it should be a, a, a fun one. And uh, the second game, you've got you know Stanford, who are defending champions, and uh, you know UConn, of course. You know this is a matchup from last year's uh, Final Four. 
and you know this this should be a uh, this should be a lot of fun. I I feel like yo know, Paige Beckers, you know she's starting to get her rhythm again after <coughs> after uh, her injury earlier this season, and you know Stanford. I, thought, I know people 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 kind of forget that Stanford is kind of like the uh, like the forgotten champions, if you will. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, great players there. Cameron Brink, you know, leads the way for them in both points and rebounds. Of course, we talked about. The, the whole twins, if you know, twins. So, this should be a, a fun matchup. This should be a lot of great matchups down opening up between the Twins and Women's Hoops. Yeah, I smell North Carolina UConn final on Sunday night. I don't know about you, but I smell a UConn uh, South Carolina final. I could, yeah, I could see that. But like, again, I mean, it should look at this. This is the, probably the four best teams. I think UConn's playing well at the right time. I think they lost one of their, their, their ladies two to injury. So, that might play a factor too. But, should be a fun one too, but yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, you know, South Carolina. I think I got South Carolina at Stanford. I, I think we're gonna get a kind of a match there from earlier this season, but uh, we'll see. You're listening to Second City Sports live and in Living Color, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, the first show in the month of April for us. I'm Sydney Brown, along with Lakina McGee. We still have a few minutes left to close out the show. Lakina, let's go back to the world of baseball. Remember, I brought this up during one of the games I went to last year, Lakina. The uh, um, uh, the fans not knowing the call, <laughs> the replays from the umpires. Oh now you have it in the NHL, and you have it in the NFL. And you have it in the NBA. Uh, I think they started last year, but they continue it on this year, especially with cr- crowds coming back to these arenas. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, whoever is the crew chief uh, announced the wearing the mic, uh, announced uh, the uh, the replay call to the fans. They're going to start doing that now. In MLB, oh, yay! Oh, Thank you for goody. jumping up into the 21st century. <laughs> this should have been done uh, three, four years ago. This should have been was- done last year. I thought this was an April Fool's joke at first. I'm like, wait, wait, really? You're really gonna have like your know, guys actually go into the thing, you know, like they like doing the NBA and the NH in the NHL and also too in the NFL. You probably they probably have that kind of like that kind of thing where they have like a little thing in there. But I mean, look, I think this is you know, a great idea. This is long overdue. And look, will this still will they still miss some calls? Probably, but I guess you know, look, they're in the 21st century, whether baseball purists like it or not. But you they got the technology, they got the technology. So why not use it? Come on, folks. Yeah. So MLB will start doing that uh, uh, starting this season. As we mentioned, the uh, regular season for the MLB 2022 style will start Thursday, April 7th. Of course, the Cubs will host the Brewers opening day on that date. And then the following day, uh, around this time next week, Lakina, when we do our Friday show, the White Sox will take on the Tigers in the city of Detroit. Anderson will miss the first two games of that series due to a suspension that was upheld for him on the playoffs from the last time these two teams played in Detroit in the, in the month of September of, la- of last season. So Tim Anderson will miss the first two games starting next week, but he'll be eligible to make his debut next Sunday in Detroit before they come home to host the Seattle Manners, Manners on April 12th for the, the Sox home opener. Lakina, I, I want to I get love, your... I love, I love his, uh, his, uh, his thought process. I'm like, look, I don't care about the Tigers. I don't care yeah. about the Tigers fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, but it's hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was three, we got reduced to two, so okay, he'll miss the, the first series against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Okay, yippee, whoop de do. <laughs> he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts about the White Sox um, uh, trade from earlier today? I was about to ask you. You, you, okay, you read my mind, but yeah, I look, I look, <laughs> they need out, they need outfield help. They need more depth. He got that. His injuries, though, Pollock, I mean, look, when he's not hurt, I'll say that. He's one of the best, mm-hmm. you know, all-around, like, outfielders in the league. I think his OPS was, like, right up there, like, last year, like, in the top five. So he was, you know, 
he was you know, fully healthy last year. And look, that they, they need that for the White Sox now. Unfortunately, I thought of our buddy, uh, Joy Lozowski, who uh, was very lobby for Michael Conforto. I know you were too. So this definitely, this will be able to put a kibosh on that. But look, they get a lot of depth in the outfield, which is what they need. And you, know, you got a guy that can hit and be a utility guy. So you, you got that guy. And look, the Dodgers are getting uh, another uh, closer. Because remember, Joe Kelly is, is actually now with the White Sox now. So yeah. they get a little payback there and they get a, 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 a proven closer so, with experience. So both teams got what they wanted. Yeah. And also, too, don't, yeah. And don't forget Kenley Jansen, who used to close for the Dodgers, mm-hmm. is now the member of the Atlanta Braves. So yep. this works out well for Dave, uh, Dave Robertson crew out there in Los Angeles. So we'll see what happens with the Dodger Blue uh, Nation with that uh, with that team. But bringing it back home to Chicago, the White Sox, uh, like you said, they give them much depth. Okay, uh, like I said, if Michael Conforto was signed here, fine. But I wasn't treating him like he was the savior, like many Sox fans, other Sox fans mm-hmm. did on White Sox Twitter. Like I said, this gives them much depth. Now you still need a back, like Larry said in our interview in our last segment, the uh, the White Sox still need a backup catcher and they still need mm-hmm. a, another starter. Yeah, and they, they'll probably come at the trade deadline. I know Sean Manaya is still rumored to be traded uh, to the Sox as Oakland uh, is still continuing their their fire sales. So we'll see what happens with that. But the White Sox still need one more starter, especially after what happened to Michael Kopech yesterday. He looked okay, but. You know, with the with the uh, injury history with the White Sox, especially what they dealt with the last year, it seems like everybody was the next man up mentality had to, someone went down. I don't know if they're going to have the same luck this year when it comes to injuries, but they still, regardless, they still need another frontline starter. Yeah, I think that's definitely what. And we'll see. Like I said, I think Rick Hahn, look, we, you should trust Rick Hahn. You know, he knows what he's doing. So I think they'll probably get somebody at the trade deadline to, to add more depth to that. And like I said, they need another starter. So We'll see if they can, you know, you know, do just that. And you know, as far as the Cubs, you know, I know about the Wade Miley uh, injury. So hopefully, it won't. It's not serious, and that it doesn't. He may miss like maybe a few weeks, and that's it. Because if you're the Cubs, you want to try at least sort of like stay in third place, you know, and be right there, try to get to 500. I think you're gonna need Wade Miley to kind of go because you need to eat up in- innings. So hopefully, you know, he'll be back. And let's see what Marcus Stroman does for the Cubs as well. Remember, they signed him to a three-year deal mm-hmm. uh, during the offseason. He look, he's been looking great so far in spring training. The question is, Kyle Hendricks, uh, will we see the old Kyle Hendricks or is, uh, will this bad training Kyle Hendricks as we've seen over the last couple of years continue? Like I said, we'll get more in depth into that on, on our show on Monday as we do our baseball preview. But uh, the, the Cubs, it looks like once again, uh, the, they started pitching will well, probably be their strength, but where are you going to get the offense from? Yeah, yeah, going to be interesting too. We'll see what happens there. And uh, really quick, you know, I know this, is, I know hot soccer is not your thing, Sid, but uh, the World Cup draw was just announced, and uh, the U.S. who you know qualified for the first time in like eight years, uh, they're in a pretty magical group. They get England, Iran, I should say. Mm-hmm. And also the winner of uh, Ukraine, Scotland, and Wales, you know, whoever you know, comes out of that part. So that should be an interesting uh, group. They're in a pretty manageable group, I would say, you know, the, the, the U.S. is. So who who knows? I mean, I know they, they, they look you know, too good those last that last match against Costa Rica, that last qualifier. But I, I think they looked, they looked okay. So, look, they're back in. I think that's sort of the key. You know, they did lose by – by six goals against Costa Rica, so okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you know, look, you know, Canada's back, you know, the Netherlands look like they've got a I don't want to say they're in an easy group, but they've got a pretty manageable group as well. 
Belgium. It looks like you know Group E might be the kind of the group of death. You know, Spain and Germany and Japan. And I think whoever there's some other like you know other spots that haven't been decided yet. But uh, you know, it, remember, folks, it's in November. Uh, the World Cup is. You know, I, I still have my issues with it being with Connor. That's another. <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But you know, we'll, we'll go go on, Sid. <laughs> All right, a couple minutes left right here on Second City Sports Live in the 11 Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Kenny here with you. Uh, we like to correct, congratulate Jonathan Taves, the cap, aka Yay. Captain Sirius of the Chicago Blackouts, as we taught their hockey for about less than 60 seconds. <laughs> Jonathan Taves played in his 1000th career game in a Hawks sweater last night as they lose to the Florida Panthers, uh, four to nothing. The Hawks will honor Jonathan Taves this coming Sunday night in their next game uh, at home against. The Dallas starts. Dallas is trying to secure a playoff spot in that tough Western Conference. Lakina Jonathan Tays, three-time Stanley Cup champion. He has a gold medal from the uh, the Olympics in Canada in 2010. Uh, he's I know people are going to talk about uh, Patrick Kane going down as the greatest Blackhawk ever. Uh, many people may not put Jonathan Tays in that same class. I know partially due to the various injuries he had, especially early in his career you know, and lately too. But uh, this is one of the best leaders in hockey uh, in, in his generation. Definitely up there. Definitely the most uh, most accomplished. So I think you really can down, you know, three cups, um, you know, some, you know, also, you know, the, the, the Hall Trophy, which is the uh, the Stanley Cup and finals mm -hmm. MVP. So, you know, it, it's sort of one of those things where you kind of like, you know, I think he's definitely up there with one of the all-time greats. I think he is better than Bobby Hall. I think he's, you know, better than uh, Tonio and among others. So I, I think people need to kind of give him his due. Also, mm -hmm. too, like I said, on the flip side of that, you know, Joe Thornton got his th thousandth, you know, you know, got his, you know, skated his thousands win. So, you know, it, it's sort of crazy how all that works. Carry beard and all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh God. I, I can't believe his wife actually puts up with that beard, but that's a, again, that's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother story, but yeah, but, uh, you want to give him a shout out to Mr. Thornton. He's still doing his thing after all these years in the league, but you know, I, I think, you know, we'll see what happens too with the trades. I mean, will they trade him? I know he said he wants to stay here, but it may not be within his hands. We'll see what Kyle Davidson does after the season you know they're you know their season's gonna be over with you know, this week but later uh you know later next week but you know we'll see we'll see but i'm sure he's definitely gonna go down as one of the best of all time and in, until in to, to wear a hawks uniform i feel like all right last story before we close out uh this is courtesy of our good friends at Awful Announcing. cbs will air four college basketball documentaries in the inaugural hbcu all-star game this weekend while while the final four in the NCAA tournament men's basketball championship broadcast on TBS uh, this weekend, tournament, uh, Turner's tournament partners at CBS airing plenty of college basketball content this weekend. Uh, in particular, uh, the uh, the inaugural HBCU All Star uh, HBCU All Star game uh, sun, uh, Sunday. The CBS will air Big House, The Pearl, and The Triumph of Winston Salem State at one o'clock Chicago time. The documentary that looks back at Earl the Pearl Monroe and Winston-Salem State run to become the first HBCU to win an NCAA championship in any sport. HBCU's second act falls with its premiere uh, at 3 o'clock Eastern. That's 2 o'clock Chicago time. That's on Sunday. Telling the story of the researchers of, of uh, historically back black colleges and universities across the country featured former NBA All-Star Kenny Anderson and two-time champion J.R. Smith. Yeah, this is and really that's cool. On Sunday. 
Yeah, that's, it's really cool what they're doing because I think, you know, there's a lot more owners like HBCUs, you know, with football and now in hoops, men's and women's mm-hmm. hoops are actually going to be showing All-Star Gate 2 after those documentaries at, mm-hmm. you know, at 3.30 uh, on Sunday. And, you know, they're going to be led by all HBCU crew. Well, mo- well, for the most part, you know, some of them, of course, you know, Avery Johnson, of course, we know he, you know, he went to Southern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brian Custer, who's, you know, the, the player, but he went to Hampton, AJ Ross, you know, she went to Howard. So, you know, this is sort of a great moment. And you're probably going to see a, like literally a cast of thousands. And probably you might see a couple of guys, you know, going to the NBA. So this is really cool what, what CBS is doing. I'm glad they're, I'm glad all the, mm-hmm. the sports network CBS, ESPN has been doing a lot of stuff with HBCUs also too. Uh, the, the NFL network, you know, they aired uh, the, 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 the all-star game for football. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of months back, so yeah, sort of. You know, I think. Look, I think all these HBCU students, all they want is a, a chance to, you know, be seen. That's all they want. And you've got yeah. a lot of great Hall of Famers on all sports, so I'm, I'm glad that they're finally showing. You know, they're being showcased finally. And for Saturday, which is tomorrow uh, at 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 high noon Central Standard Time on CBS, they'll uh, have air a documentary uh, uh, highlighting the 1963 Loyola men's basketball mm-hmm. uh, team. That that's the first uh, team uh, that featured majority black uh, players to uh, uh, to win the the basketball national championship, and it's only the the only uh, state basketball championship from the state of Illinois to this day. Mm-hmm. On the uh, on all levels, not just this, yeah. but you know, NAIA, you know, you know, junior college, yeah. So you know, it's, yeah. it's, they got that distinction. I think one, of the, I think one of the star players they died just recently. So yeah. I think right before, mm-hmm. right before, I think this was you know supposed to you know be filmed. So that's a you know our thoughts first go out to him. I know Shan, our, our buddy Shannon Wright, who's at the Athletic now. She, you know, mm-hmm. she was you know she was doing a lot of stories about this too. You know, for a couple of years, you know, when she was still at the Tribune. So I know she's very happy that there's the stories finally being told. And look, I think people forget that Loyola has a really prior to that Final Four run they went in a few years ago. This was you know they had a really rich history. So this was you know definitely I think though people are starting to see you know, how good. And also too, people forget that it wasn't 1966. You know, not the Texas Western. You know, now UTEP. It was Loyola. So the first integrated squad. So. You know, I think people are going to be learning a lot this weekend. Yes. So check out those programs starting this Saturday and Sunday on CBS. Lakina, another great job on Sega City Sports for our first show, kicking off the month of April. Like I said, baseball's around the corner. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, this weekend is filled with action. You have the Bulls on Saturday. You have the Final Four uh, on Saturday. And uh, spring training is running down. So we're just getting started here in the world of sports. A lot of, yeah, so a whole lot of us, you know, wrapping up. You've got the college hoop season wrapping up on men, on the men's and women's side. You've got the NBA starting to wrap up their season. you got some you know, big games this weekend. So, look, a lot to do still. you got the Masters coming up next weekend. So, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, these last couple of weeks in the spring, a lot, a lot of sports coming up. So, you know, should be a lot of fun. With that said, you can follow me at Kimmy McGee on the Twitter and at Kimmy McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow social, Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch the podcast, Second City Sports at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support.
Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, folks, for Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. If you're not going to get vaccinated, wear your mask and wash your hands and be good to each other. And enjoy all the great games coming up this weekend. And we'll see you Monday. We're going to talk some baseball. Yay! Go Bulls! Holla! <laughs>